0: Good morning, it's time for Daily Chapel at the LCMS International Center in St. Louis. The text is Revelation chapter 20, verses seven through 15. The Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison is preaching. The broadcast of chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. A reading from St. John's Book of Revelation. And when the thousand years were ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, chief prince, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea, and they march up over the broad plain of the earth and surround the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them, and the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever then i saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them and i saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened then another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown down into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he, has, he was thrown into the lake of fire. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a lot going on in this text, and of course in this brief chapter of Revelation 20. The thousand years of Satan's captivity is ending. The one who defeated sin, death, and the devil, who led captivity captive, put a chain on the devil from his crucifixion and resurrection on. And what exactly that means with respect to all the evil that has gone on since in the world that the devil has not been at full power is only something I cannot fathom. But like Job, I know the Lord puts a limit on Satan. Thank God for that. The thousand years appears to be figurative, for the full period of the New Testament church until the near return of Christ, Augustine takes that way, interpreting one thousand as ten times ten times ten, the absolute plenitude of a number of time. There's a lot of figurative uses of a thousand in the Bible, like Psalm 105. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. That is for the fullness of all generations. For what it's worth, Luther actually took the thousand years to be a literal thousand years, but we don't do that nowadays, and uh, I won't accuse Luther or defend him. I think there's a lot of stuff in the book of Revelation that nobody has any idea what it means, frankly. Before the end, Satan is to be released from prison to wreak havoc on the nations of the four corners of the earth. I believe we're in the period of the end right now. The little season is opening up. No one who has predicted the eminent return of Christ has gotten it right thus far. And not even a few Lutherans who have tried to guess the date or at least believed it was eminent, like Luther or Walther or many others, has come anywhere close. In fact, all great Christians, as they lived, believed, as they looked at the evil around them in the world because of sin, death, and the devil, they all believed that the end was imminent. In our time, the great social philosophies of our last century for which the blood of millions was spilled, communism, democracy, socialism, have or are morphing into the deified self The self, with which can allegedly determine its gender, sex, its own future, can save the planet, assemble a family in any way it desires. The self is God. The deception is unprecedented. The delusions unparalleled. Satan is loosed for the little while. The nations, thanks to universally available media and education, have gone nuts. And collectively so. Gog and Magog is a reference to the strange prophetic book of Ezekiel. And there Ezekiel says that the prince of everyone and all peoples and nations who are against God will join together. And so we see it today. The text continues, The world's powers surround the camp of the faithful and fire comes from heaven and consumes them. The beast, the false prophet, and Satan are thrown into hell for good. God is sitting in judgment on his throne. The resurrected appear before the throne. The book of deeds is opened, and yet it is those whose names are written in the book of life who are saved, for there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name is not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, this is the assigned text today, and I thought, gee, what a cheery text for going away for John Beaker. (laughs) And I determined I would not navigate away from the assigned text. In the face of these cosmic realities, we are all mighty insignificant. And I know you know this as well as anybody. The downcrad of a synod bureaucrat is cynicism or self-importance. Strand, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Ross, you've been around a long time. I've seen it. A person works for the church for a long time is convinced he knows the answer for the problems besetting us, and nobody will listen. You have avoided that. And I think you've done that with a healthy dose of cosmic reality, faith, and good humor, John. That's how we all get through it, isn't it? Our time of service is very, very brief in the history of the church and God's time and eternity. We are but a blip, a speck, a germ on the back leg of a flea in God's time. And yet we're called. It's God's calling to Christ. It's the Lord's baptism. It's the Lord's giving. The Lord gave you Christian parents, John. It's the Lord's calling to the sem. It's the Lord's ordination through his church. It's the Lord's vocation to a congregation. It's the Lord's preparation for further service. It's the Lord's calling to serve in this place. It's the Lord's giving to produce a magnificent hymnal and all the relative resources along with the many others who help. It's the Lord's vocation to serve with the president of the Synod and with all the faithful in this place, doing what the Lord has given to be done for the blessed congregations, pastors and teachers, workers, of our church. It's the Lord's church, finally. Just because in the grand scheme we are insignificant does not mean we are not given significant lives to live here and now. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable always, abounding in the work of the Lord. That's the work you've been given to do, no matter what it is knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Isn't that wonderful? Such an apostolic promise in the face of all eternity, all the great eschatological truths, all the people who have lived through the history of the world, and the apostle still dares to tell the Corinthians, as weak and divided and as screwy as they were, he tells them, Your work is not in vain. What a wonderful blessing. The Lord treasures the insignificant, the small, the little flock, the forgotten, the anonymous, the widow, the Canaanite woman, the mother-in-law, the little child, and he treasures you. It was a very small slice of the world at the time and throughout history that witnessed our Lord's blessed suffering, death, and resurrection for the salvation of the world. And John and Kim, John, you have a new vocation for which you are uniquely prepared. You're forgiven and absolved, empowered and equipped by the Lord. Our time is brief. Our influence fades. Still, in human terms, your work will endure quite a long time. It has been invaluable in the parish, in the commission on worship, in the hymnal and companion volumes, in the rich and diverse work of the Office of the President. And now at the seminary, your work will bear fruit which will endure. Those students will be preaching and conducting the liturgy for a long time. And because they shall deliver the gospel in doing so, your work, the Lord's work, will endure forever, whether it be in the face of a thousand years of trials, ten thousand years, the chaos of a little time, Gog and all Magog, boot, Satan, and all his host, verbum domini minit in eternum. The word of the Lord endures forever. The Lord bless you and kin. At this wonderful joy ch- uh, juncture in your lives, the Lord bless you and make you a great blessing to many. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Chapel. Today we pray for the Reverend Charles and Cheryl Ferry who serve the Lord in Taiwan. The broadcast of Chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. To learn more about LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces, visit kfuo.org/chapel.